Hello, Andre here. Welcome to another episode of The Daily. Today's episode is for the 2nd of July, Thursday. A very good morning to you. Welcome to another podcast. Now this podcast, if this is your first time listening, is our attempt to um, just provide a compelling alternative story to the endless barrage of news, of criticisms, of perspectives and opinions that we read, especially on social media. And it's for us to take a moment in time in our day, just a good 20 minutes out of a 24-hour period to sit and center ourselves in the time of prayer and in the Word of God. And we believe that this simple action, this short time that we spend together, will help inform our perspective, set off our day on the right trajectory as we start off our day with seeking God in times of prayer and in His Word. And so yes, this is The Daily. Let's begin the podcast. Now it should be of no secret to many of you who are part of our church or have been regular listeners to this podcast that one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible is the story of the two who traverse on the road to Emmaus and met with Jesus in a profound encounter. These two who were scared of their lives, who were fearful, worried and concerned, who fled the city as they heard of news of their Messiah, their teacher's death, and with that, the threat of persecution. And we read of this story in Luke chapter 24. Now, the biblical account of this story begins with two days and distraught disciples traveling along the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It was Sunday, the third day of the most traumatic weekend of their lives, right? They were almost on a roller coaster of emotion. On Friday, These disciples, along with many others, had witnessed the painful, humiliating and violent death of their beloved Savior. That night and through the day on Saturday, they sat with each other in utter despair. Now, although they were not aware of it, these disciples were in what Richard Raw calls liminal space. And by that, he means a kind of spiritual position that involves a transition from one place to another or from one state of being to another. And this kind of liminal space usually induces some sort of an inner crisis or what many will call a crisis of faith or dark night of the soul. And it will leave you tried and true and tested. Now, other biblical stories that come to mind It's Abraham leaving his home country and his father's house for a land he did not know. It's Joseph in the pit. It's the Israelites wandering in the wilderness. It's Jonah in the belly. It's Mary weeping at Jesus' tomb. It's the disciples huddled up in the upper room. And it's what the two on the road to Emmaus went through even as they transitioned from a place of despair and hopelessness into one of renewed hope and courage. Now, in the biblical account, only one of the two disciples was named, and one was named Cleopas, and one was an unnamed disciple. And I love that it was written like that because it almost gives us a kind of opportunity for us to identify or place ourselves in the story as though we are that unnamed disciple. For you see, all of us are on somewhat of our own Emmaus Road journey, right? between the now and the not yet, between two states transitioning from one to the other and at times going through bouts of despair, of loss, 
of trial, right? A disrupting event in many ways. This event could be something as traumatic as the loss of a job, a breakup, or some other close uh, relationship, the death of a loved one, a betrayal of some sort, something forcibly taken away from you and the new has not come. And it could be a little more subtle or it could be something even more major, disruptive and painful. We are all on somewhat of an Emmaus Road journey and onto our own Emmaus Road experience. Now, as we read the biblical account in Luke 24, there's much that we can pull from and glean from from this story and this really speaks into how we ought to conduct ourselves things that we need to put in place as a kind of structure in our lives when we go through uh, situations and moments like that in our lives but i also am inclined to think that this can be structure that we put permanently in our lives habits rituals and practices that we glean from this story that really make for a life that is positioned for encounter and let's start off by reading Luke chapter 24, verse 13 and 14, as it describes the two on the road to a village called Emmaus. It says this, Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that happened. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we are all going through or at some point in our lives we'll go through an Emmaus road journey or experience and much of it is beyond our control right we can't control when bereavement comes we can't control when loss disappointment and betrayal comes when it comes it comes and it's honestly beyond our control and while we may not have control over the events the trials and tragedies of life we do have control over one thing and that is whether we choose to walk that road alone journey alone or choose to walk it with others now personally when i go through really hard stuff circumstance and hardship i'm the kind of person that's more inclined to keep to myself to not share too much you know i don't like to bother other people i don't like to uh you know kill the mood or be a wet blanket in social settings especially when i'm going through stuff and so i typically hide withdraw and try to sort it out on my own but most of the time when i do that i end up spiraling down further and further into the pit of despair and it's only when i bring people into my situation start sharing honestly of my need the pain my worries and concern that one, you know, I experience comfort, two, I experience a different kind of perspective that will most of the time pull me out of my own anxious, often irrational thinking into a place of hope. Now the disciples, the two's choice to walk together and talk about all the things that had happened to them was in many ways radical. Right. They could have decided that what they had been through was so personal, so traumatic and so confounding that perhaps you know, I don't want to talk to anyone about it. I don't want to talk about my hopelessness and my despair. But instead, they chose to walk together and they chose to talk about all that they had experienced and seen. That which is still fresh, raw, unvarnished and unresolved. They chose to walk together and talk with each other. The reason why this was such a crucial choice is that there's something about this kind of willingness to be to walk together, to be authentic, to be vulnerable, to be open and honest. That is the foundation. Uh, that is the 
invitation to Jesus drawing near to them. If we read on further in the story, it tells us that as they walked together and talked among themselves and shared openly and honestly, raw, open, and varnished, Jesus came near in the midst of them. Notice also that they weren't necessarily praying in a formal way. They didn't expressively invite Jesus to be in their midst. They weren't having a Bible study or worshipping in synagogue or having a formal quiet time. They were just discussing the stuff of their lives. All the things that had happened to them that they were experiencing impact from spiritually, emotionally, relationally. And the nature and quality of that conversation opened up space for Jesus to draw near. And I can't underemphasize the power and to some degree how profound authenticity and vulnerability, particularly in a Christian context, can be. It is profound, it is catalytic, it unlocks something of the divine. One of the translations for the word truth in the Bible is that which is not hidden, to have nothing hidden, to put aside illusions and facades and to be completely honest, raw, to have nothing hidden. And I think of the words of Jesus when he says that the truth shall set you free. I believe a dimension of that is divine revelation revealed to man. I believe it's truth in his word, but I also believe in authenticity, in vulnerability, in honesty, in openness, in transparency before the people of God in community. That is where freedom happens, where we choose to allow light to shine into even the darkest places of our lives, That the areas of hidden sin, the areas of unbelief, of doubt, the areas of worry, fear, and concern. When we allow the light of God that emanates through our fellow brothers and sisters, breakthrough is on the horizon. Jesus draws near as we allow for ourselves to be exposed, to be open and honest. I think of that text from Acts chapter 2 that describes what the early church was like. And in many ways, in the modern church, in churches today in the 21st century, we long to be like that first century church, that church that seemed almost as though they were unstoppable. In the face of persecutions, of trials, of tragedies, they held fast to their faith, but they also held fast to uh, their communities. They were devoted, they were given to one another. It says this about the church of the first century, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Now that's a profound, profound set of texts that we just read, right? It says that they were devoted to one another, that their devotion was not just a devotion that they professed on their lips, but it translated into action. They fellowshiped with one another. That word, it's not just a hanging out over a cup of coffee, but it's koinonia, meaning the exchange of life. It was deep, it was robust, it was intimate. They broke bread, uh, which symbolized of communion, of remembering Christ's sacrifice on the cross, that every time they gathered together, they didn't just talk about vain things, but they remembered and were grateful of Christ's sacrifice on the cross. 
And it says that they were filled with awe as many wonders and signs were performed by the apostles, that God's spirit and his power was at work among the communities, that they were seeing healings and breakthrough of the God kind. But the verse I'd like to get to is this, that it said that they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. I'd like to put it to you that you can only give to a person who has need when you are made aware of that need. It's not a really profound statement, but it's a statement of fact, right? You can only give and address need when you're made aware of the need. But it helped for us to understand that in the Jewish context, being known as a person who has needs is an immensely shameful thing. A book I read on uh, finance uh, in the Jewish culture once said that to the Jew, Poverty and death are the same thing, are essentially the same thing because in both is the absence of options. To be poor, to be not seen as flourishing was immensely shameful and often viewed as a kind of indictment on one's uh, life. Maybe one had sin and one was void of the blessings of God. That's why one was poor, one was riddled with disease and poverty. It is a sign of God's judgment. And so to profess one's need is an immensely brave and courageous thing. And that was what happened in the early church in Acts chapter 2. They professed of their need, they shared of their need, and the community came around them to meet that need. And this is the vision I'd like to to cast for uh, our church and for the church at large, especially in a culture like ours, right? where having lack and needing something is seen as a kind of weakness, we are to subvert our culture's narrative by being the people of God for the people of God. To be real, honest, and present in our communities, to actually participate. And this is what uh, is described as devotion, right? Devotion to our faith is not just how exuberant you are in worship or how loud you shout your amen When the preacher preaches, no, devotion also looks like sharing of your needs and meeting needs. Something that is so simple and yet carries tremendous spiritual weight. If we read all through the Gospels, we would see that Jesus' invitation for those who would follow him was simultaneously an invitation to live in community, to be part of his family. And so community isn't just a fun little side thing or an optional thing that we have crafted for you in the church experience. It's not just a fun interest group, but in many ways, living in community, participating in community, being devoted to one another in community is the way of Jesus, is the way of the Christian. And I would like to put it to you today that it is also the agent, the means to which we are transformed, shaped, molded into the image of Christ. This is the place where God has ordained for us on earth to have certain needs met and for breakthrough to happen as he draws near to us when we participate. I'd like to put it to you as well that perhaps there are certain breakthroughs in your life that are you not experiencing, be it in sin or be it in finances and relationship because you have chosen to withhold yourself from fully devoting and participating in community. I'd like to encourage you through this podcast to get involved in a community, a Christian community, a community of brothers and sisters who are going after the Lord if you have not. And if you are in one, I want to encourage you to not grow weary in participating in 
showing up and being fully present in your community groups, in your life groups, to share openly of your needs, to trust that even as you do so, Jesus is listening and he draws near to those who just like the two on the road to Emmaus would choose to walk together and talk together. And in the church, just like in Liverpool, you never walk alone. You have brothers and sisters and you have Christ who is with you through his spirit, who is yearning to draw near to you in your times of trouble. And so let's wrap up the podcast this morning by spending some time inviting the presence of Jesus to draw near to us, just as he did for the two on the road to Emmaus. We know that our God is not just a figment of our imagination, nor is he a kind of historical figure that we reference on occasion. He is living, he is breathing, he is alive, and is seated in the right hand of God and is present with us right now in our rooms through his spirit. And so let's for a few moments even acknowledge the presence of our Lord, his spirit in our rooms today. Let us acknowledge him and give him our attention today. I invite you to even pray a simple prayer. And the prayer goes, Good morning, Holy Spirit. As you acknowledge his presence, begin to feel him uh, even on your skin and your bones, even in your heart as his presence rests on you as you give him your attention. And so let's spend a few moments doing so saying the words, Good morning, Holy Spirit. I give you my attention. I acknowledge your presence in my room right now. Come rest upon me, Holy Spirit. And once you feel God's presence resting upon you, I'd like for you, in your own way, to pray honest prayers. And this could be prayers articulating needs that you have today prayers that express your worry, your concern, your fears, and your doubt. In many ways, this time of prayer is modeled after the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus teaches his disciples to acknowledge God their Father, our Father who is in heaven. Hallowed or holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It is for us to acknowledge our Father, our God, his presence in his spirit. And from there, we express our need in view of God's exceeding glory, mercy, kindness. We express our every need because God is faithful and he listens and he draws near to us in whatever state we may be so long as we call upon him. And so let's spend a few moments just doing this, just acknowledging his presence and expressing our needs. Let's spend a few moments this morning doing so. Amen. I hope that time was really special for you, that you have experienced God's presence, His voice, even as you sought Him in a time of prayer. 
Let me pray for you this morning, even as we begin your day. Father, we thank you that you have given us brothers and sisters to journey with us, ones that you have placed in our lives as agents of your will, your transformation, your breakthrough that is for us. And God, we pray that we will surround ourselves with these brothers and sisters and we will share, we will express our need and believe that even as we do so, Jesus, through His Spirit, draws near to us and meets us in the point of our need. Help us to do so. Give us courage to be vulnerable, to be honest, to trust again. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Daily. I have one more episode for you before we hit the end of the week. Have a blessed day today. Grace and peace. Hey. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Daily Podcast. We'll have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg, or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.